All right, here we go. All right, here we go. Let's get to it. So we got what's popping with the parents, our first segment of the day. So Kristen, what do the parents want to know? What are the conversations like? What can we uh, help clear up for them or, you know, talk about today? Right now, we're in kind of the last part of the summer, right before school starts. And for most people, I well, first of all, I know that some gyms are still doing evaluations and they're not even announcing their teams until like August. And that blows my mind. I'm like, how do you wait that long? But most teams are doing choreography or getting ready to do choreography. And it's still that new phase of a team. And so parents are asking a lot about good team bondings and ways to get the team together to get them to gel for the upcoming competition season. So those are kind of the big things. I know choreography is a big topic and feelings can get hurt and it's kind of a stressful, it's another like benchmark of a stressful time. You have tryouts and evaluations and then it's sort of like choreography and then, you know, competition season is a whole other conversation, but choreography can be a tough time for parents. Yeah. It's a tough time for everyone, really. Parents, athletes, coaches, because so much hinges. There's a couple benchmarks, like you said, you use the word benchmarks, but there's a few benchmarks in the season that really determine the outcome of your season. First benchmark is evaluations, but more specifically team placements. You can only, there's a really good quote I like that says, if you're going to win the Kentucky Derby, you better have some thoroughbreds. And it just basically means like, if you're going to have a great season, you need to have a talented roster. Like you need to have talent on your team and able to compete. So, you know, coaches are in this stressful position of trying to place teams that have talent on them, right? And athletes want to be on a talented team, but they don't really consider, don't really take in consideration how much talent they bring to the team. Like, well, I want my teammates to be talented, even if I'm not the most talented. Like, I'll just be the worst person on the team. That's okay, right? And so that's one of the benchmarks, team placements right there. The next benchmark really is choreography, right? right? Because you, you have to have a good competitive routine and you need you need to be able to highlight your strengths and hide your weaknesses. And so there's another like time of the season where yeah. it like really determines how the rest of your season is going to go. Because if you don't have the right choreography, you just can't compete in some instances, some instances. So and a lot of kids go into choreography with expectations. And I'll say like high expectations, like we all want to be and I remember what's like being on a team and you know, you go in and I want to be center stunt and I want to be point jumps and I want to be last pass or I want to be in this particular pass and you're you know you just have all these expectations of what or I want to be center of the dance I remember this specifically we would be or we went to camp at Woodward so we would do Woodward extreme you know gymnastics skateboarding that whole camp we would rent the the gym for a week and basically do choreography there bring a whole program up there and do it and so we had got done with pyramid we did our pyramid choreography and the groups you know and moved around all these things and then they they ended right the the pyramid was done and i remember several girls being so upset with where their pyramid spot had ended and their pyramid spot had ended on the outside and i'm like what is you know we have a great pyramid why are you girls so upset that your your group ended on the outside of the pyramid or whatever and then someone was like because if we're on the outside of the pyramid that means we're not gonna be the center of the dance and i'm like ah touche. i see what you're actually you're mad that you're not gonna be center of the dance right and so you know athletes want to be center or front row of the dance and all these things or 
they want to have this pass in or this stunt in or whatever the case may be. And expectation is the uh, thief of all joy, right? So when we go in with high expectations, when those expectations aren't met, we are super upset. So I have one story to tell about what I tell our athletes, but really like from our parents' perspective, feel free to chime in about what this time of the season is like as a parent. Well, I think that, you know, you might hear me say, you ask what's popping with the parents and I'm like choreography. And I think a lot of people would be thinking, well, what does choreography have anything to do with the parents, right? It's the athletes. And we both talk a lot on our shows about parents need to just let the coaches be coaches and let the athletes be athletes and kind of back off. And and I agree with that. But I think when it comes to choreography, like you said, there is a lot of expectation and hope. And when you have expectation, it's so much easier to get disappointed. But I think what it comes down to is we moms don't want to see our kids be sad. We don't want to see our kids disappointment and disappointment when compounded with nerves and being tired and the emotional and physical effort that goes into cheer looks like devastation a lot of times. And when you work so hard, maybe you finally, maybe your kid finally made the team that they've always wanted to make and then they aren't in the elites or they aren't, their skills are not showing showcased in the way that you or they would have thought they would. It just brings in this element of what was all of this work for and how I think I I see and hear a parent saying, I know that she has this skill. Like I'm not saying that my kid is the best at everything or is the top notch athlete. But for example, I know that her jumps are really good and she got put in the back of the jumps. And that's hard, I think, for parents to grapple with. So that actually happened to my athlete one year, and I knew that she had some of the best jumps in the gym, not because I came to that conclusion on my own, but because people had told me, her coaches had told me, other parents had told me that her jumps were really good. And she was disappointed because she got put in the back of the jumps. And so I'm thinking, okay, well, what do I do with this? And I just kind of let it sit for a couple of months and ended up having a conversation with her coach about something totally different. And I said, hey, like, just this is a good way to kind of grapple with this is just for my own edification. Like, I'm not saying like, oh, why did this Mm -hmm. happen? It's like, hey, just so I have the big picture. She's in the back of the jumps. You've told me her jumps are really good. Can you explain? And I think when you open that conversation up, you get more information because you're not automatically putting the coach on the defense. Like, why didn't you put her in last pass? Why didn't you put her in the front of the jump? Mm -hmm. And she was like, oh, yeah, I can explain that. It's because she's one of the tallest on the team. And then and so it was a height thing. And then it was a getting to the next sequence after the jump. She had to be in the back to get to the next transition. Right. And the other thing I would say is that, gosh, when parents, I mean, I've had parents calling me devastated that their flyer was not in the elites or their tumbler was not in this certain specialty pass or whatever it is. And I always say it is July. It is August. You never know what could happen. And these routines are changing all of the time. Why are we upset that it wasn't choreographed this way when we well know that the routine on August 1st is not going to be the same exact routine on September, October, even January 1st. The routine on March 15th is not going to be the same routine on April 30th, Mm -hmm. right? Like your kid could be in back of jumps today and tip of jumps tomorrow, right? So that's what I would say to parents. Yep, 100%. And, you know, there's so much that goes into, like you said, we had one year, with one year as our senior four team, and we had a bunch of returners on the team, and they were really, really good. 
ton of returners. All the groups were stacked and we were medium at the time. So we have seven stunt groups. And I remember we're trying to put together, it's during stunt choreography. And we're trying to put together the elite sequence. And we're like, well, this girl is really good at the full up. And this, you know, this stunt group is really good at the TikToks. And this group's really good at the full up, you know, full up TikTok, whatever. And, and we're like trying to, so we're saying, hey, what if we did this thing where we highlighted all of the, the strengths of each flyer and each stunt group? Like, you know, this kid is going to be point for this stunt and we're going to do a formation change and this kid's going to be point for this stunt and we're going to do another formation change and this kid's going to be this, you know, point for this stunt or whatever, right? And it's like, that's a great idea. Let's do it. Let's be able to highlight all of these returners. And as we're going through, you know, we're come up with different formations. And, okay, now this kid's going to be here. This kid's going to be here. In the time as we were putting it together, I was really excited that we were able to showcase these different athletes who had worked hard in all their different skills. As I got home and like kind of watched it like as a, from like a judge's person, like what does this actually look like in the routine? I'm kind of underwhelmed with the choreography. I'm like, oh, this really isn't that good. And our choreographer went back to, I can't remember if he was staying with us. Some some years he stays with us and some years he stays at a hotel. I can't remember this one, the years he was staying with us or staying in a hotel, but I remember him saying the same thing. Right. Yeah, right. I'm kind of, you know, I look back at it. It just, I'm underwhelmed with the way the choreo came out and we both agreed, yeah, we're doing way too much of just trying to highlight all these different, like we're trying to, we're trying to make everyone happy. And, you know, we all know the saying, you know, the quickest way to make no one happy is to make everyone happy, you know, or to try to make everyone happy. Right. And so we went back, we scrapped it, started over and, you know, decided to put together an elite sequence that would just highlight the team strengths in general. You know, we're trying to highlight everyone. And so, you know, as we go into choreography, I think the one thing that you had to hammer down in your culture as a gym, coaches and owners, as choreography ends and comp season is around the corner, running your first full out is coming up soon. And if you're like most coaches, you just hit play and pray. But luckily for you, I have a preparing for full outs system, a step-by-step, week-by-week system that will get your team ready to start throwing full out routines. Join me September 23rd and set your team up for success heading into the comp season. Link in the show notes to sign up today. Thing that you have to hammer down in your culture as a gym we've got to put the we over the me. It's one thing we, we try to talk about in our gym, but we've got to put team first because when we don't put team first, individuals have expectations. And if they only care about their personal success, then what it takes to be successful as a team is never going to get there. The team, individual athletes really have to put team success first. And so I always tell this story to the athletes is back when I was cheering and I, you know, me, I just wanted to win. That is, a hundred percent what I wanted to do. I just wanted to win and go compete at a high level and, you know, win as many NCA, UCA, whatever trophies as we could. I also had an ego and I wanted to think, you know, I had my own personal goals too as well. But, you know, at the end of the day, I just wanted to win. And I remember this back when I was in college, we have five couples, right? Co-ed team. We have five couples. And the fifth couple is not looking too strong. And our coach is dropping not so subtle hints that he better get it together or another couple is going in that spot. Now, I originally was not one of the five couples, but I was probably the sixth couple, right? Like next in line. And so me and my partner are, you know, like, hey, he's going to take, well, I'll I'll use her name. That'll be all right. Tim Tim and Misty aren't looking so hot right now. So me and Yvette are trying to figure out this elite stunt. And so we're going, we're working at it and we're doing okay. You know, we're, we're doing okay. 
okay, right? And I'm thinking we have a real solid chance. I remember driving in the car on my way to practice and like just saying, Man, I could do, I could do this stunt. Like I could do this, right? My roommate laughs at me. <laughs> anyway, but I'm like, dude, I could do this. So eventually, now I have a really good flyer. Yvette was awesome. Yvette was the best flyer it had up until that point. She was a really, really talented. And we're going, we're going, we're trying, but we're still not super consistent. It's very obvious he's going to take Tim and Misty out. Me and Yvette are hitting, but it's like not super, super consistent. And then now I will say this, Tim was a far better stunter than I was. He was incredible. He was probably one of the best stunters I ever cheered with in my life. He was incredible. He went on to win several partner stunt titles. He was just phenomenal. We'll say Misty wasn't quite the same level of flyer that he was as a base, but he was just incredible. And I remember our coach, eventually was like, well, you know, Jason's not as consistent as we need him to be. You know, Tim and Misty, this isn't working. I remember he goes, hey, Tim, try it with Yvette. I've already said Yvette was incredible. Tim was incredible. And he goes, Tim, Misty, or or, sorry, Tim and Yvette go. And it's just like, ding, ding. It, It was obvious to everyone. Oh, Tim and Misty or Tim and Yvette need to be in the elite. And he calls me and um misty over and he goes guys you know give us the whole coach speech like hey guys you know you guys have worked hard blah 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 you know the whole thing and i didn't hear a word yeah well i remember (laughs) both of us just go i remember in unison we both go whatever's best for the team coach now i a hundred percent meant that i really did it was very clear that it was better for the team to have tim in that stunt with yvette now air did it hurt my feelings a hundred percent you have tears welling up in my eyes as he's saying this right because it hurt because i put in a lot of work and i really wanted the opportunity to do that stunt or, like you know, to compete at nationals with that stunt. But at the end of the day, I 100% know that Tim and Yvette was the right decision to be in that elite that elite sequence. Now, I could have thrown a fit and been pissy and mad or whatever, but that would have brought the team down. And me, what I wanted to do, again, so I get, this is a question that athletes, parents, coaches, whoever have to ask themselves, like, what is more important? Is it more important that I get this one specific thing or is it better for us to elevate the team even if that means that I have to take a step back? And so the teams that, that have athletes who are willing to take a step back to elevate the team, those teams go on to be successful and the teams that have athletes who aren't willing to take a step back or who want to whine and complain and make excuses those teams don't have good chemistry don't have good culture they tear down you know the productivity of practice they tear down the atmosphere and culture of practice and they can't go on to be as successful as they want to be and a team and a family will go on and be a bunch of individuals every day of the week so there we go. One thing, I, the last the last thing I'll say, unless we just keep talking, is try not to go into, this is my advice, parents, athletes, try not to go into choreography with expectations, which is really hard to do. I understand that. But, it, but I would try not to do that. Now, I would do this. We have a great music producer, as I've said several times. Casey Marlowe sounds like that. And every year I would write out voiceovers, right? Hey, I really want this voiceover. And I'd hand them like 10 voiceovers I wanted in the routine. And and I'd say, I want this song. There's like back in the day when we could have like real music in the routine. I want this song for the elite sequence. I want this song for the pyramid. I want this song for the running tumbling section. I want this voiceover here. I want this. And I'd have a very detailed outline of what I wanted in our music. And I'd send it to him and he'd come through on on like 90% 
of everything I said. And because I had an expectation of him coming through on 100% of what I said, it would leave me disappointed. I'd have one voiceover that I really, really love. And so I'm listening to the music and I'd go, oh, there's that first voiceover I, I heard. All right, there's that first voiceover I wrote. Oh, there's the second voiceover I wrote. Okay, okay, the other one's coming up because that one's going to be fire. Uh, okay, it didn't happen yet. Oh, he put in his own voiceover. That's cool, whatever. All right, I like that, I guess. Oh, oh, there's the other one. Oh, and we get to the dance. I'm like, hey, he left over. He left out that voiceover. Why, why do you leave out that voiceover, right? And it would put this damper on on the music for me, right? But everyone else, like when the kids listen to it, the kids would be like, oh, this is great. Or the parents listen to it, oh, this is great. And so again, expectation, you know, Rob, you know, is a thief of all joy. And so what I started doing is just going, Casey, the music is yours. I'm not giving you any suggestions. I'm not giving you any voiceovers. You make the music, you send it back. And my joy has gone up, you know, ex- I was already happy with our music, but really, but I'm able to get the music. He's able to do his thing to you know make the best decision for the music and then give it back to me and then i just get to enjoy it without having this expectation of like i want this you know i need you to say these specific words for these six seconds and if you don't do it for those six seconds i'm gonna be you know you know pissed off or whatever about a music whatever so anyway kristen anything else you want to add on to that I think that it can be easy to carry whatever baggage you had from earlier in the season or earlier in the tryout process into choreography. So, and and it goes back to a clip that you recently posted that I just loved and I'm paraphrasing, so correct me if if I don't say this right, but coaches are not planning their teams for what they want. They don't have predetermined teams. They take the athletes with the talent and the skills that they have and they build teams around that. And did I say that right? Yeah, spot on. So the other side of that coin is I hear parents complaining and I'm not calling out any one specific parent. I'd have to be so careful because people will DM me stuff and then I know people personally and they're like, you're talking about me. I'm like, no, this is like across the board. Generically speaking, there are parents who are genuinely upset and feel like coaches build teams around certain certain athletes and that there are favorite athletes that coaches will put in the center or that they build these teams around one or two athletes. And I think that based on the philosophy of you take the talent that you have and you build a team around that, that's true. If you have an athlete that can bring that team up, of course you would build a team Mm -hmm. around a group of athletes skills. And that's not to say that they are only favoring that athlete, but if that athlete has skills, that's going to bring the team the the score up, of course, they're going to do that. And so I think it's important for parents to take a step back and look at that and say, okay, well, they're bringing this athlete in that maybe has a double or maybe has skills at the top of that level. Yeah, they're going to put them in more of the routine. And so let's not bring that baggage from, oh, well, they just built a team around this athlete and expect everybody to rise Mm -hmm. to that athlete's skill. Let's leave that in the evaluation timeframe and let's look at choreography with fresh eyes and go, okay, what's going to be best for the team? What's going to help the team do the best on the score sheet? And if it's that athlete or those athletes that you think are the favorites, let's leave that out of it. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, makes perfect sense. And it reminds me, like one thing that it's hard with the routine is because you're trying to put together a cohesive routine that flows. And so the stunt section needs to flow into the running time 
link section and you only have so many eight counts to do this in. So you need, so the routines that, and the formations I'll say specifically aren't really perfect formations the way if the coach just said, Hey, who is your best jumper? Put that kid here and put your you know worst jumper in the back. Most routines aren't really designed that way because of you have to be able to get into that. It depends on where we're coming in from that section and then where we're going out next section. Right. And so like one thing we'll do is, you know, free coaches tip right here is we'll like for jumps, for example, we'll go and we'll say, all right, all you kids do a jump and everyone will get a number. You're either a one, a two or a three, right? A one means you had great jumps. You can be in the front row. And a two means you had, you know, average jumps and you can be here. And a three means you're a back row jumper. Sometimes you get a four. That means you will not be in jumps at all, kid. But we tell the choreographer, hey, you know, and usually we'll have, you know, when we had Taco on the team. It was hands down. Taco was going to be point jumps. Like we're going to figure that out. But other than that, it was like, well, Taco's point and you can fill in any any one of the ones in this next row and you know they look at the the formation that we came from before that and go okay well this kid's gonna go here this kid's gonna go here this kid's gonna go here now that doesn't always and sometimes because a one is way back there in their previous formation and a two is closer you're like well the transition is gonna be better if we put the two here and so that happens all of the time in the routine and it happens all the time in the routine when you're trying to put together a routine where you're trying to put together a routine and it has an impact on whether or not this kid can be in a tumbling pass or if they can be in this specific section or have this specific skill highlighted like all those things have an impact not necessarily the the individual's actual skills you know so anyway now, there's another theory that the judges uh, know that you're going to put your best jumper in the front. So they're like, yeah, I know that you're going to all of the best jumpers in the front. So I'm going to look in the back. And so I, I know that some choreographers and coaches will put some of their better jumpers in the yeah. back because they know that the, that's where the judges are going to pay attention and look for technique dings. So that was all. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely the like if you do a bowling pin, right? Outside V. So even the outside V. So it's like this argument of like, oh, should we put our best jumpers on the outside V? because they're on the outside of the jumps or put some of our better jumpers not necessarily in the outside v but like in the second row where they're still seen so like what's a more visible spot and personally i'm i'm more of an outside v type of guy i want to make sure my outside v looks good but so many different avenues so much to think about there is there's a ton i've never even thought about that yeah there's a ton to think about when you put i had one judge like he gave me a map. I'm not sharing it with anybody, but he gave me a map of where to put your best jumpers. And he was like, and it was like, this is a one, this is a two, yeah, not like the one, two, three system I used earlier, but he says, you know, if you lined up all 20 kids, he put exactly where all 20 kids would go. Like number your first, your best jumper goes here. Second best jumper goes here, your third. And he's, and this isn't just, I mean, some people are just judges by weekend. Like this is a judge judge. And he gave me the mess. So your boy got the secret. And got the inside. <laughs> anyway, got the inside. So don't DM me for the secrets. I don't see the DM. You know, DM Krista. She's got all I the don't secrets have any too. Secrets. She'll I answer have zero them. Secrets. But, uh, <laughs> zero secrets. Zero. People don't talk to me. Athletics, no, baby. no. <laughs> I've expanded my cheer athletics network. Uh, just you know, from what I do. And now people do, don't even tell me things. They're like, no, I'm not telling you because if you talk about it, they'll know it came from me. Mm. <laughs> on the pod. Dang it. 
We'll see. We'll see. Maybe I'll get out of the game. And I'll, yeah. I feel like if I got out of the game, people would tell me all the secrets. We'll see. But we'll see. Anyway, let's get to a break. I'm gonna get. Th- I'm gonna get my eyes on that map. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. Shout out to the judge. You know who you are. <laughs> Rumor has it he does listen to the pod. He actually told me he does listen to the podcast. So anyway, thanks for watching the Let's Talk to Your podcast. Definitely subscribe so you never miss out on anything from the show.